Hello, I'm Eli Hanley. Hi, I'm Abigail Apollo. And today we're going to talk about To Kill a Mockingbird. To Kill a Mockingbird is set in the Maycomb, Alabama in the 1930s. The author, Harper Lee, made up Maycomb, Alabama. Sadly, Harper Lee died February 19th, 2016. So, Eli, what did you learn from the book? I learned not to judge people by the by their skin and the background or how they talked. In the 1930s, it was a really racist time. Yes, I also agree with Eli that Maycomb, Alabama, Alabama was a very racist town. And even though the people around you in the town was racist and they viewed the black community lower than them, doesn't mean you have to agree with them. You can have your own opinions, your own views in them. And just not to judge people. Like, don't judge people overall. Um, so, Abby, how did the novel impact you? Well, the novel impacted me because now I didn't know anything about the 1930s when I first, before reading this book. And now, learning about, like, the 1930s and stuff and, like, how it was in Maycomb, Alabama, that it was, like, a very racist town and that people judged people and, like, it just was, like, hard growing up in the 1930s. And this impacted me on a personal and deep level because, like, I've been judged in the past and I do admit I do judge people. Like I used to judge people and I still judge people. Like it's like a human nature just to judge people before knowing them. And now you know how they feel when you judge them or when you make first like obsessions without knowing them. Like, you know, and that just like impacts me on a personal deep level. But that's how the novel pretty much impacted me. Uh, well, I really have no idea how this novel impacted me. Well, then I, I guess I got to see how the 1930s actually were like and how people lived back then and how people, like the black community was treated during that time. I guess that's really it. Yeah. Do you think the school should read this? Uh, yeah, I do think school should read this because it um, teaches kids not to judge people by first appearances and to assume like they're, like they're not, nice about like by their clothes or whatever and that this and give and to give them a chance yes i agree with eli i think this book has great life lessons that you have to learn throughout your life so why not like learning now when you're in middle school when you're learning what's right and what's wrong now we're going to talk about gender injustices so monique is suing netflix for racial and gender discrimination we're just going to focus on the gender part for now so Monique is a famous comedian. She has a comedian show on Netflix. But white males who has a comedian show on Netflix get paid more than she does. But everyone already knows that a female gets like 75 cents to a man's dollar. But so Monique was so mad, she filed a lawsuit against Netflix. And Netflix plans to fight the lawsuit. Monique quotes, I had a choice to make. I could accept what I felt was paid discrimination or I could stand up for those who came before me and those who will come after me. She wrote, I choose to stand up. For more information, um, visit www.buzzfeednews.com. My my gender injustice is a class that turned around gender assumption. In the beginning, the the teachers asked the kids to draw um, a fireman, a pilot, and a doctor. And all the kids drew men who had these jobs. And then when the and then when the teachers brought in women who had these occupations, they all gasped, and one kid yelled fake. In the end, they all got to realize that women can have quote unquote men's jobs as well. Yeah, to add on to Eli, it was a gender stereotype when the class only drew males, and then they realized, oh my god, we can have like girl power or like girls and females like 
females, I mean females and males, to have the same occupations in the have the same jobs in the workforce and be equal. Um, you're probably wondering what this has to do with the book, but I'll let Abby explain. So, in Alexandria, so Scout is a growing girl. She's not like you typical lady-like person in the 1930s. She likes playing in the dirt. She likes doing what her brothers, what her brother does, and what his friends do. And everyone always like it's always on her case about it. Like in Alexandria specifically, it's always like you have to cross your legs to be ladylike. You have to wear a dress to be a ladylike, to be a lady. And Scout is like frustrated. She likes what her father does, and she likes what her brother does, and she wants to keep playing and like being a kid. Like she, like she's a kid. Especially her uncle also says that she needs to stop beating up people when she like beat up her cousin because it isn't ladylike. And Alexandra had some friends over for tea. And they ca- they asked Scout what she wanted to be when she was older. And Scout said she wanted to be a lady. And they kept like making fun of her. Like, you need to start wearing more dresses. You need to be having like more of these like tea parties, quote unquote tea parties. And having to like stop playing. But like in my opinion, Scout's a child. She should do whatever her mind is free to imagination. I like playing. When I was a kid, I like playing, and I don't really like dresses. That doesn't make me any more female than some of my friends. Like, you don't, those are gender stereotypes. Like, she's a female no matter what she does, and it's, that's just a gender injustice. Let talk, let's talk about some race injustices. So there's a New Zealand article that's like based off the book, so it kind of summarizes the book, that an African-American man that was accused of injuring a white woman, even though none of this is true, and he still get put in that. Prosecuted. Prosecuted, thank you, Eli, by the code, which is supposed to be fair, even though it really isn't. So that was just like a summary of the book. Another race injustices is the song Neil Young, Southern Man. Um, one of like the lyrics is like, I see you black men coming around, so if I got, I'm going to cut him down and like, it's like pay them back. So the change is going to come at last. Like, that's just like, like they see like the black people, like as a problem and they're going to like do something about it. Like about, the whole song is about like, oh, Southern change is going to be like, they're going to get like, get rid of like the black people. They're going to like harm them. And Eli, why don't you talk about some from the book? Um, when the jury from the trial says Tom is guilty, even though a bunch of evidence pointing that he is innocent. And this happened because the jury was, was made of all white males. And even though Atticus keeps the jury discussing the case for a longer time than most people would um, think, um, then they still um, prove that he, he is guilty. And he attempts to change their um, their point of view on this, that's why they stayed in the um, that's why they stayed discussing the case for a long time. So some more race injustices from the book is that um, the white the white community looks down from the black community and it's overall a very racist town. Anytime something goes wrong, they they just blame that oh uh, African American must have done that and they just view them upon them not as good and they don't get as much opportunities and it's just like Macomb, Alabama was a really racist town during the 1930s. So those were some of our race injustices from the book. Okay, some socioeconomic injustices. Okay. <laughs> so when they had, when they first started the race and had everyone lined up, it was a fair race. You could tell everyone was lined up. Well, it was kind of fair. 
we all knew some people were going to outrun some other people. But that's not the point. When the person who was in charge was asking questions, some of the questions were like, have you ever, did you grow up with a father figure in the home? Did you ever not have to worry about you? Did you never have to worry to get a meal on the table? And they were just like some like questions. And like if you did grow up with a father figure in the home, you would take two steps forward. If you didn't, you would stay where you were. And when he was done with all his questions, you could tell that like the more privileged white people, like more privileged people who had a like like a money cushion that they didn't really have to worry about money in life was in the head. The people who had to worry about like every cent they paid and every money was behind. So then when he raced, like you could tell there was advantages and disadvantages. And this just proves in life that having like money and the socioeconomics all advantages if you have a lot of it. But even though you have advantages, everyone still has to like play the game of life, I wanna call it. And if you have disadvantages, it's harder and harder to win the game of life, but they still have to do it because there's nothing they could do about it. And it's kind of also racial injustices because as you could tell, most of the African-Americans were people who didn't step forward, was like stuck in the back where the white privileged males were the people in front. Okay, go ahead, Eli. Um, well, this that actually happened because that, well, since after we read the book, like you could see how the um, blacks were treated very well. And like, even though like now everything should be fair, it still isn't very socially, like socially and economically fair, I guess. And that's happened because the white people had better chances than the black people since like the 1930s. So it kept, the white had kept climbing while the black people were still climbing, but the white people were already ahead. So they stayed ahead. Yes, Eli. It's both a socioeconomic and a racial injustice. But let's talk about a socioeconomic book from the book. The Ewells. The Ewells are a white family, but they live kind of like the black community, though a very poor white family. And everyone looks down to them because they're poor. And they're, they're a poor white family and they don't have as much opportunities as, as like Atticus and Jem and Scout. But even being the poor white family, they still look down at the black community, even though they're kind of the same in money-wise. And just Ewells is just a perfect example about a socioeconomic in the book because they are white, but they have the money as like the black community. And like people look down at him and like they just have to like, like I look, like to say, they just have to like fight harder to play the game of life than Atticus has to do. And that's just socioeconomics. Like everyone's trying to play the game of life, but socioeconomics either gives you advantage or disadvantages and we're all just trying to win. Okay, some religion injustices. Okay, so a bus driver was the last for having a turban and a beard, right? That's how you pronounce it, Eli? Yes, a turban. A turban, yes. People called him a terrorist, and many more mean names he felt targeted when he was driving the kids home from school. He remembers one day he missed a turn by accident because we all make mistakes. And people like, oh no, he's kidnapping us. He's going to blow the bus up, blah, blah, blah. Like a bunch of things targeting him. He also feels so vast and co-workers and students. This is literally a religion stereotype. Just because he has a turban and a beard doesn't mean he's a terrorist or anything else. The stereotyping or discrimination his religion because they'll probably like have their own religion and they just look down at his religion because like his religion has not the best like stereotypes. I want to say you know, like not like best things to say about his religion and they'll just like 
overall just stereotype with discrimination because how he looks and what he believes in. For more information, visit Newzella for this article. Um, my um, religious injustice was, what would you do with the Christian discrimination? And there was a Christian family eating at a restaurant in Texas, and they were praying during their um, breakfast. And an atheist um, interrupted them and told them that they didn't have the right to do so and that she didn't want them shoving the religion down her throat. And then another family who was sitting um, behind or in front of the atheist um, was started to interrupt and tell that she didn't have the right to stop them and they had the right to pray silently. So, mm-hmm. so that was some of our religion injustices. So, as you can tell, To Kill a Mockingbird has a lot of injustices, like socioeconomic, race, gender, all of above. So, Calponius Church, right? Calponius Church. She is an African American, and her church is in a black community. This kind of ties in with race religion and socioeconomic. When German Scout goes into a church, she realizes that she's her church is kind of beaded down, doesn't even have any like gospel sing or any Bibles. And that could go with socioeconomics and race because they, they don't give the black community enough money to have a church because A, they're from the black community and B, it's socioeconomics and the white church has privilege. But overall, all these injustices have to do with the Kill a Mockingbird and Scout growing up to be a female and Top Robinson's trial. That was completely racist. And everything just ties together to kill to kill an, to kill a mockingbird. Anything you have to say, Eli? Yeah, when um Scout and Jen went to the church, um one of the church members, Lulu, came at the um at Scout and Jen because after how the blacks were treated, she didn't like the whites very much because she wasn't treated fairly, and she didn't think that she had like she had, didn't have much chances as the white um community did. Yes, Eli. Even though in To Kill a Mockingbird, um, the whites were racist towards the black community, but sometimes the black community was also racist towards the whites. And German scattered children. It's not like they know any better. But that was pretty much To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, we highly we we highly um recommend this book 100%. It will teach you so much life lessons. I just finished the book last night and I was like in tears. Like I just finally everything tied together and it's just worth it. Anything to say, Eli? No. But yes. So thank you for listening to our podcast. Yeah. So bye. Thank you. Oh, thank you.